Welcome to A Girl's Guide 2, the podcast designed to help women in their 20s enhance their minds, love their bodies, and heal their souls. I'm your host, Michaela, a girl navigating her 20s and helping you do the same. I am so happy and grateful that you are here. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of A Girl's Guide 2, and happy Monday. Today, I am joined by the lovely Taylor Ellis, a woman who I met actually about four years ago. So we've been social media friends for going on four years, like I said, and she is here to chat with us all about body positivity, self-love, movement, eating habits, just all of those health and wellness goodies. So without further ado, Taylor, hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to tell the girls a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you're from, all those good things. Of course. Well, thank you for having me. Honestly, like this was something when you had reached out to me, I was like, uh, duh. (laughs) Of course, I'd love to be on your podcast. Um, As she said, I am Taylor Ellis. And I have been coaching for the past, I want to say, five, six years. And I am currently living in California. When Michaela and I had first met, I was living in Denver. I'm a little bit of a traveling gypsy trying to figure out where her homeland is right now. Um, But like I said, I've been coaching for quite a while right now. And it is my my passion. It's my baby. It's something that I never pictured myself doing, but I'm so freaking grateful for it. And it's definitely one of those things where you just look back at your life and you can see that everything happens for you. Everything happens for a reason. And a lot of my history came from past eating disorders, really struggling with food, exercise, my body image. And then the journey that I took to healing showed me that There's so much more to this than just the food and the exercise and the, like the process of me getting from so severely sick to now so insanely healed is something that I'm like every single woman and her mother deserves. It's her freaking birthright to be in a place in which her body feels like home again. Food feels something that is easy exercise is something that she genuinely enjoys and that is that's my passion I love that wow you're already starting off hot Taylor wow okay (laughs) I knew this I was like this is gonna be help it (laughs) I knew it was gonna be a great episode so when you say that you've been doing coaching you I know you kind of just gave a glimpse into what that looks like but could you further explain exactly who you coach what that looks like for your clients yes absolutely so who I specifically coach are women who have been struggling with their relationship with food, exercise in their body, and they're starting to realize that, okay, I've tried all of these different diets, I've tried all of these different workout programs, but it's just not working for me. There has to be something more and something that a lot of them will mention around just why they end up coming to me is the mindset factor because our thoughts are what ultimately dictate our actions. Like we were not born into this world thinking that a cookie is going to make us fat, thinking that because we have cellulite, we are less worthy, thinking that we have to do hours of cardio in order to lose five pounds from the binge that we had from overly restricting ourselves. And so a lot of the women that I specifically help with is more around rewiring that mindset that got them stuck in the first place. And the journey that we take is it's different for every single woman because I usually see that I have different past versions of Taylor coming to her. Um, A lot of the times when these women are explaining like where they're at in their life, I'm like, ooh, deja vu. That's where I was when I was 15 or when I was 20. Like I've been there. I get that. Um, And so I really take my time to customize every single client's journey in regards to, okay, here you are at point A. Now here's how we're going to get to point B. And it's a mix of, yes, we're going to absolutely work on the diet. We're going to, you know, achieve a customized diet protocol that works the best for you. One that doesn't even feel like a diet. Like I hate that word in general because it makes so many of us, yeah, think immediately about what do I have to take out? What do I have to restrict? 
as opposed to what can I add in? So we do create not only like a diet that feels good for them, but one that they can genuinely stick to. And same thing with workouts as well. If I've got a busy mom who has seven children, for example, my mother, I'm not going to write her a seven-day program that's going to require her to be in the gym for two hours like an influencer, right? So it really is about customizing that journey for her and making sure that her workouts and the exercises that she does are specifically for her body and her goals and something that, well, yes, we're not always going to be motivated, but I want movement to be something to where it's like you genuinely crave because it feels so good for you. And then like I'd mentioned, the mindset portion of this, like really diving deep into the subconscious mind, seeing what got you to where you are now today. Where are those limiting beliefs? Where are those fears? What is that actual root cause that got you from, you know, when we were born into this world, it was like our bodies were these homes, these vessels that allowed us to experience this life. And now it's this thing that like so many women feel so uncomfortable in and like they're crawling want to like crawl out of their skin and it's usually due to the fact of the matter that there's been so many emotions anxiety depression overwhelm fear doubt shame judgment all of these emotions that get lodged into our body and then they cause all of these thoughts that then spiral and if you aren't aware of how that process works you find yourself just falling on autopilot into these negative coping mechanisms that for a lot of women have to do with food and exercise. Because as a society that's told women for years in regards to like, here's how to be happy. You just have to lose the weight. You just have to reach this number on the scale or be this size in your genes. And so you find yourself in this like just constant chase of, well, let me just, you know, continuously shrink myself. And then all of these emotions and discomfort that I'm feeling in my body will go away. And yeah, you might reach that number on the scale, but when you reach it, you're still going to have all of those emotions, all of those thoughts still present. It's like a Band-Aid effect. And that's where I found myself at 15. I went from a very healthy um, just body image and relationship with my body to all of a sudden being like, a Holocaust victim who was hanging on by a freaking thread and was moments away from burying herself in the ground all because I thought that that happiness that I was chasing was going to be found in the number on the scale. And once I finally got some really scary wake up calls, that's when I was like, all right, Taylor, you got two choices here. Either you continue to go in this way and look at how your life is already turning out at just 15 Or you can pick yourself back up, you can start fighting for the life that God's put on your heart and see where it goes. I got goosebumps. (laughs) Good. Oh, amazing. Incredible. And I know that you've impacted thousands of women's lives, mine included. And it's such a beautiful thing to hear about your story and your journey, which definitely going to get into a little bit more. But something that you talked about was binging and this feeling of restriction and diet culture and all those things. And that's really where my story started with feeling Mm -hmm. like I needed to restrict myself. So I don't know how much I've talked about it to those of you listening or on my socials, but I have struggled with binge eating in the past and feeling like I had to restrict myself so much. So I would do that. And then all of a sudden be like, oh my gosh, I miss eating ice cream. I miss eating pizza. And then you go weeks just eating junk and then feel like shit, right? And it's just this endless cycle. So very similar to you, I've had that that wake-up call. But unfortunately, came a little bit later in life for me. It's awesome to hear that it happened for you in like your mid-teens. Um, and I'm sure as we talk more about your story that there's been struggles along the way, right? It's never 
perfect, just like it has been for me. But I love that you're honing in on the mindset. I actually just did a solo episode a, a little while ago all about shifting your mindset around what the gym means and how to fall in love with going to the gym because so many young women or women at any age really look at it as this big scary place and everybody's going to judge them, right? And it just all comes down to mindset. But before we hop into that, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and the struggles, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing. I know the two of us being on social media online, we, we tend to share everything and everything, right? We're open books. So whatever you're comfortable sharing about your story and, and what it looked like before you had those wake-up calls, what were your struggles? Mm, okay. So yeah, healing has definitely come in layers. And that's something that I've looked at in my recovery journey. And people have asked me, like, do you ever get to a place in which you're like 100% recovered? And what I have found is I'm always going to be healing. I'm always going to be evolving. I'm always going to be growing. Like, there's no sense, there's no end to this journey. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is that there's no like start and stop. It's a forever journey, a forever journey of growing and evolving. And there's going to be different layers to it. So, um, I grew up very like just, I didn't have any sort of issues around food exercise in my body until about like my mid teens. And it was due to, well, during that time, a lot of us women are starting to, you know, our periods are starting to come, our bodies are changing. And the friends that I was surrounding myself with were not exactly the best when it comes to influences around food exercise in my body. Some of my friends had literal eating disorders. Other ones just always made the comments of like, oh, I hate my body. Like I'm feeling uncomfortable. Um, like, oh, I have to like, um, uh, like go from, you know, a double zero to now I'm a four. And so when I was 15, I started dating boys and then Taylor got into massive trouble because her parents very much treated Taylor like she was this like Rapunzel of let's just protect her as much as she can um, and not, you know, put her out into the world. And whenever I would ask questions of like, well, why is my brother allowed to date? But I'm not. I always got hit with it's because you're a girl. It's because you're a girl. So subconsciously, I kept thinking because I'm a girl, which I'm always going to be a girl there's something wrong with me. And so then surrounding myself with a lot of my friends, um, starting to think about like, okay, if, you know, if I could be perfect, then maybe the, you know, more people would like me, more people would accept me. Um, and at that time as well, my family adopted four little children and my life took a complete 180 in regards to like, being able to hang out with my friends, being able to, you know, just worry about school, soccer, boys, friends, football games, to all of a sudden becoming a second mom really fast. And I had zero control in my life. My parents very much dictated who I hung out with, what boys I dated, where I went, what my curfew was. And so at that time, I kept thinking, well, I don't have any control in my life. What do I have control over? I have control over the food that I can put in my mouth and the way that I move my body. And so then of course, some of those just thoughts around surrounding myself with my friends started coming in around, okay, well, if she thinks that she's fat, and I have a very similar body to her, then maybe I'm actually fat, and I need to look at my body. So then I started looking at society, how to lose the weight really fast, seeing, you know, what did my parents do? You know, it's like from the age of zero to seven, we're a walking subconscious. So whatever we saw, heard, or felt, we take as our truth. So if you saw mommy and daddy following fad diets to lose weight, that's what you then turn to. Same thing with society. I grew up in, as well as you, where it was the generation of, you know, Seventeen Magazine, Pinterest of like, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, 1200 calories, all of that just like bullshit. And so that's what I fell into. And because I have a very addictive personality, I got real addicted to watching that number just change so fast. Next thing I knew, I was 
making my way into dying real fast. And that was a large majority of my high school years, just trying to figure out all of this. Um, and then come 18, my went to, I was able to go to college. I had put on probably about like 10 pounds to clear me. I was very, I am my mother's most stubborn and strong-willed child. So if you tell me I can't do something, I will be like, watch me. So I did it just to the extent to be able to go to college. Um, but then when I went to college, I found alcohol. I found more boys. And so it went from, you know, food and exercise being my coping mechanism to all of a sudden alcohol was. And I was still really struggling with food, but obviously all those liquid calories. And at that point, my body was starting to show me that like, hey, this really doesn't feel good. The way that you're treating us, it really hurts. And this is what a lot of women don't understand starts happening is that our bodies are here to protect us. So over time, when we're starving ourselves, and then all of a sudden we go into a binge of like either alcohol or food, your body will literally hold on to all of those extra calories that you're finally giving her because it's like, I don't know if she's going to feed me again tomorrow. So I better just hold on to all of these so that I can protect her. And that's what I started noticing. Um, my body started changing. Um, a lot of the weight that I was gaining was going straight to my stomach because that's where all of your organs are. And I remember thinking like, okay, let me just, let me just stop drinking. Let me go back into my restrictive ways and I'll lose the weight body wasn't she was like, uh, uh, I know what you're trying to do. We're not doing that again. And at that time, I was still really struggling with because there's only so much that you can restrict yourself until that willpower breaks. And you see that cookie and you're like, all right, I want that cookie. And then I want the rest of the kitchen sink. So then my anorexia had turned into bulimia. And that was another layer and something that like that was like hell. I remember so many nights going to bed, bawling my eyes out and being thinking, this is the last time. This is the last time. And then I found a bodybuilder coach who at that time I was like, I want to look like her. I want the shredded abs. She had, you know, plastic surgery and everything like that. And she was the perfect body type for me. So I was like, okay, I'll work with her and I'll look like her. Well, little did I know that she was going to put me on another really restrictive diet that was consumed of like hours of cardio, hours of lifting. And I was still in college at this time. And I tried sticking to that as much as I possibly could. I think back to the diet that she had me on and I want to vomit. It was so disgusting. No wonder why I was having such a hard time sticking to it. But I felt so much shame that anytime I was checking in with her, I couldn't be honest. I was like, I'm, I'm sticking to this perfectly. I didn't just have a binge and purge session on Friday. Like, and it, it just, again, like just this cycle. And then the next thing I knew, um, there was this girl on Instagram who had posted a very similar story of mine, of her struggling with anorexia, bulimia. And then she went through this thing called a reverse diet. And I was like, what is that? And her transformation was just wild. And then I started seeing that she also worked with people or different girls and their transformations were also wild. And I was like, all right. Maybe she can help me. And even though I'd have been so done dirty by that other coach, I took the leap of faith and I was like, I'm going to try one more time. Next thing I knew, I was learning how to track macros, flexible dieting. I had taken my calories from literally like maybe 800 some days. I was just like, I just won't eat. To now, my metabolism was this freaking revved machine of being able to eat like 2,500 calories while burning like, I had a six pack, like it was freaking wild. And I remember just being like, what is this magic? Like, I have to learn how this happens. And so at that time, I also started, because um, I felt so alone in my journey. I was in college and I was more addicted to like bodybuilding and learning about exercise and all of these different things while all of my friends were like just I just want to go out and get face wasted and I was like I don't want to do that anymore like I I'm I'm seeing that I actually can feel good in my body um and so I decided to make an Instagram but I did it completely anonymous cuz again I was just rolling in shame at that time 
And the thought of someone finding my Instagram that knew me in person was terrifying. The next thing I knew as I was sharing my journey, I was starting to gain traction and people were starting to follow me and ask questions. And then one day I was like, screw it. I'm just going to show my face. And from there, my journey just started growing. And next thing I knew, like I said, people were in my inbox always asking me, how did you do this? Like, can you help me? Um, And my background at that time also was I was going to school for psychology. I really didn't know what I was going to do with it. I was more just going to college because I was like, I'm just here to be a mom and meet my dad, like meet, meet my daddy. So no thought of running a business, of helping women. I had no idea what God was going to do with me. And when I graduated college, I started working in um, at like a corporate gym. I did that for a year. And then I started seeing that like, okay, these people really only care about money and seeing these clients as a number. And I also started noticing that during our sessions, they were turning more into like a therapy session than just a workout. And I knew that these women were also struggling with food. So it was like, okay, I get you for one hour every single week. And then what? And so I was like, maybe I will, you know, move from the corporate gym and take my, take my clients private. So I started training, training them in my parents' private gym. And then at this time, I was also dating a guy who he hated California. So I knew that if we were going to stay together, we were probably going to have to move. That's where I decided I was like, all right, I want to move to Denver. I can do this. Um, and of course, I started thinking, okay, do I build up a brand new clientele? Like, what am I going to do? This is going to be the first time that I'm moving out, not only like out of my parents' home, but also to a new state. Like, I've really got to figure this out. So online coaching started growing. And I was like, I think I could do that. So I got a business coach. Um, and I started building up my following, ended up breaking up with that guy and decided, you know what, I'm still going to move to Denver. I'm going to do it. Um, moved to Denver. And it was in this spot of like, either you sink or swim. Like, obviously, when you move out for the first time, you start seeing that like, holy moly, money does not grow on trees filling up your apartment with furniture and just getting, you know, groceries and having two dogs. It's like that money went bye bye real fast. So I was like, okay, you really, you really got to pedal to the metal. And that's um, where I started meeting Michaela. Cause I started really just investing into myself and my growth. Cause I saw just like the traction of it. Every single time that I invested into a coach, I learned new tools. And the next thing I knew I was growing, my business just kept growing. Um, And at this time when I was in Denver, I was really starting to see that there's so much more to this than just the food and the exercise. There's a lot more about the mindset. And so I started getting really just like almost obsessed with the manifestation and the subconscious work. And then I ended up moving away from Denver um, to San Diego and and I stumbled across something called NLP which is neuro-linguistic programming. I got certified in that, learned about the subconscious mind, really just like skyrocketed the growth that I saw with my clients where it was like, we were doing a lot of like the um, learning about flexible dieting and creating workouts that felt good for their body, but there were still some sort of blocks. And so then started really working with the subconscious mind. That was amazing. Um, And then ended up moving into... A, another relationship that this is this is this is really wordy. I'm just trying to formulate my me. Um, <laughs> got into another relationship that was like this is the man I'm gonna marry. Like it was just even my parents were like they'll get married within six months. Like you can take my daughter, and then conflict happened. And Taylor's life again just went from everything that I thought that I could want. I had the body, I had the money, I had the home, I had the man, I had the friends. And then all of a sudden, everything started getting pulled away from me. And this human that I thought was going to be, you know, my person, my everything, ended up being my worst nightmare, and was pulling out so many of 
the wounds that I wasn't even aware of that were stemmed from my childhood because that's what relationships do. You mirror each other and you trigger out a lot of shit. However, he was triggering out stuff that I wasn't even aware of, but I have that mentality of, okay, this is here for me. Let me heal this. I can grow through this. However, he didn't. And so throughout that entire year, I was really trying to figure out why am I still here when I know this is so wrong? And the one thing that kept me going throughout that entire thing was my body. Because I knew, okay, you got two options. Either you fall back into your eating disorder or you continue to take care of yourself. You continue to nourish yourself, go to the gym, rest, you know, do the best that you can. It's like, it's you and your body. Like that's the only thing that you really have right now. Um, Cause he, he did quite the number on Taylor when it comes to trying to take her business from her, because that was my passion, my purpose. And he wasn't my number one. And that was a threat to him. And so he did his absolute best to take my baby from me. Um, but over time, I started really seeing that, okay, you know what, like this has more to do with me than it does with him right now, because there's a part of me that believes that I deserve this, that I deserve to be treated this way, that this is just as good as it gets for me. Um, and then I really started learning about childhood trauma and how emotions impact our body. Next thing I knew, I was moving out of San Diego. I put 90% of my stuff in storage, came back to stay with my parents, went completely no contact with that man, um, got a restraining order, still trying to figure out where I'm moving next. Um, but throughout this entire thing, my relationship with my body went from like 15 years old, uh, really struggling, hating my body to now. I'm 29 and I kid you not, this body is like, she's my freaking best friend. She is like, she's my lifeline. She's what kept me going throughout all of this. And I've really been able to learn more in regards to how the emotions and our childhood trauma has impacted so much of this journey. Cause like I said, it comes in layers. So it was like, at first I went from, okay, let me heal that, like that relationship with food and exercise to a certain extent then it was the subconscious mind and it was like okay I understand I could tell myself all the affirmations all of the quotes all the mantras all of the you know verses but there's still something like I'm still stuck here I'm still feeling like I deserve to be treated this way so then I started really diving into how emotions impact our body because I started even though I was eating the same even though I was working out the same my body was starting to show me just like check engine lights that were going off. My skin was breaking out. I was feeling really inflamed because all of that anxiety and fear and shame that I had just pushed down for all of those years because I was using all those band-aid effects of putting my happiness in the scale, in my body, in a man, in money. It was catching up to me and I was like, okay, my body is the one thing that I have right now let's figure out what this is. And so that's where the emotions and healing childhood trauma and doing it in your childhood home where all of this first started. Oh my gosh, has it been the most wildest ride of my entire life. But being where I am now today, if I could go back to the version of me last year, I left that relationship the first week of November. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to die. Like there are so many emotions that are signaling that like, I don't know if I can do this. The panic attacks, the PTSD, the just like overwhelm of all of that. I learned how to hold myself through it. I learned how to feel it, to heal it. And now it's like, when I look back at what really started that eating disorder when I was 15, I was struggling so much with anxiety, but I didn't know that that was that feeling in my body. I thought that there was just something wrong with the way that I looked. And that's why it was like this discomfort that un like I feel icky in my skin, which then we get triggered to think, oh, it's probably because I look like X, which isn't the truth. It's because there's so many emotions that no one's teaching you how to shift through, how to heal, because our emotions first trigger our thoughts and then our thoughts trigger our actions. So it's really been this incredible journey of like, just learning how this process really works. And when you can find that root of like, okay, 
when did these emotions first start? What were those triggers that I was experiencing? And what were the thoughts that then forced formulated? And when you can rewire the thoughts and then also reset the central nervous system, oh my gosh, you are vibrating at such a different frequency. And if you know anything about manifestation, which I have a feeling Michaela's probably chatted a lot about on her different podcast episodes, it's like, there's the law of attraction in regards to what you focus on flows. But at the center of that is the law of vibration. So whatever it is that you are vibrating at, whatever it is that you believe is also going to formulate your identity. And so whoever it is that you believe that you are, that's going to dictate your reality in regards to the people that you're surrounding yourself, the way that your body looks, the way that you feel about yourself. And so it's really been this wild journey from when I was about 15 to now 29 of how to come back home to myself in the best way possible when it comes to the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, like all of those things. And it's just like, this peace of mind where I still get triggered, but I can condense the amount of time from like how much that anxiety is going to dictate where I go for the, for the rest of my day um, in ways that I never knew was possible. So that was just a word flow. I even forgot the, forgot the question and I just kept rolling. (laughs) No, the, the question was, tell me about your story. And I mean, you've lived 29 years. So story, uh, when somebody says, tell me about your story, it's hard to keep that short. I I loved everything. And I thank you so much for opening up about your struggles. And it's so beautiful to see and hear about the progression that you've made. A couple things that I took away from it is that number one, the importance of who you surround yourself with, right? Like you talked a lot about how your friends were really impactful on your mindset when you were young. And then even as you progress into your 20s, like the relationship that you had, right? And how that just goes to show that it is so important to surround yourself with people who are going to uplift you, who don't see you as competition, who, you know, choose their words wisely while they're around you because they're aware of your feelings, right? Just good friends, good relationships. It's so important. And another thing that I took away just now when you said from 15 to 29, that is a long time, right? That's oh, that's 14 years of time. So for those of you listening who have maybe been struggling for a few years or you're in a moment now where you're like, oh my God, I just want to reach my goals. Listen to Taylor's story. 14 years it's taken her. And even now, like she said, she's still healing. She's still progressing. Same for myself, right? It's an ever, it's a never ending journey, especially if you're someone like Taylor and I who, and if you're listening, then you are, where you're on a journey of personal growth and personal development, that journey never ends. That never stops, whether it's around your mindset, around your body, around relationships, whatever it is. When you want to grow in life, you want to make the most of life, you never stop learning. You never stop growing. You never stop healing and working on yourself. So I think to just take your story and share it with women and, and really, I mean, there could there's a lot that you could take away from that, but those two things right there, how important it is to surround yourself with good people and to be freaking patient, right? Be so patient on your journey and give yourself the grace and the space to evolve, to discover those layers that you're talking about, right? It's not all just going to come to you one day out of nowhere. It's going to happen in chapters and in different seasons of your life. And as you grow, right, we get more mature and we just learn new things that we didn't understand when we were younger. So be patient with yourself. It takes time. But yes, Taylor, thank you so much again for sharing all of that. And when you were talking about you were first working in a corporate gym for a little while and you said, you know, you had that one hour to work with your clients and it was really workout based. And then after that, you weren't really able to dive into their eating habits or their mindset. I saw something, it was a a tweet or something, and it said, going to the gym is the easy part, but eating is where I struggle. Is this something that you heard a lot from your clients or just from women who you talk to? And what are kind of your thoughts on why we feel these ways, why we think that you know, the eating is the harder part. Mm, Yeah, 100%. Something that I hear all the time with women is eating is my downfall. Like I can go to the gym, I can do these things. But when it comes to the food, like that's where that's where I really struggle. And 
I think a huge part of it is that there's so much conflicting information out there where it's like on social media, as great as it is that we have access to all of this information, it's like one minute you're seeing this girl who was like hashtag goals, let's call her Brittany, and she's telling you, I intermediate fast and, you know, I only eat, you know, three meals and I go to the gym doing X, Y, and Z and I look like this. And then you scroll a little bit later and you see Sally, who's also hashtag goals, telling you don't skip breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. And there's so much conflicting information that you're like, what am I supposed to do? Not only that, but food, especially nowadays, the way that it's formula formulated with just all of the different like chemicals and the way that like they taste it um, or make it taste good. It's like, if that becomes your coping mechanism to feeling good, that first bite that you have of it, it's dopamine. It like, it massively feels really good, which is where a lot of people will find themselves of like, you know, they restrict themselves on such low calories because they think that the calorie deficit, because that's what we're all hit with. If you want to lose weight, just eat less and move more. And that's what women are doing. But they're seeing that, wait a second, I'm not losing the weight anymore. Because like I said in the beginning, your body is so smart. She picks up on this. 1200 calories isn't even enough for a small child, let alone a grown ass woman. Like they're you, your body needs so much more food. A lot of the women that I work with were able to get their maintenance calories up to like 2000 calories and they look and feel 100 fucking percent better than it was when they were at 1200 calories. Um, however, it's like when you are stuck in that cycle of, I have to restrict myself, restrict myself because that's how I'm going to lose the weight. And then you break it with that one binge. You have that dopamine hit that feels really good. So your brain and your body start getting addicted to that being your like your coping mechanism. Next thing you know, it's like, um, and I'm sure you can understand this. It's like at the end of the binge, you don't even like realize how much you just, it's almost like you're like in this robot, like, holy shit, I just ate. Like, you don't even remember eating and tasting all of the food that you just ate. And now it's like, you're feeling so much shame so much regret, so much judgment for yourself. And that dopamine hit that you first went to, to try and mask all of that anxiety and depression that you were feeling is still there, plus all of the shame. And then you find yourself back in that cycle. Yep. And so a huge part of really healing this is finding, okay, what are your thoughts? What are your beliefs around food? Let's change those to the actual truth. Like I said, 1200 calories is not even enough to small to fuel a small child. Um, and let's figure out what are your triggers? What keeps triggering you into the food, into the coping mechanism, whether it be that you restrict it or that you overeat? It's like, and this is where a lot of women need to understand that even if you've never been super overweight, even if you've never been super underweight, like at the center of it is the same struggle. And so when you can find those triggers, when you can find those thoughts, when you can find those emotions um, and what you're using as that coping mechanism, like I said, rewire the mind, reset the central nervous system so that when you feel that anxiety, instead of being on autopilot to turn to the food or turn to the exercise, you have a different tool to use. And that tool is actually going to address the root cause Next thing you know, you're no longer in that cycle of restricting binge and your body is starting to trust you again. Your mind is starting to feel a lot lighter and all of those anxious feelings that you had, you understand how to actually feel them and move them because that's what emotions are. They're energy and motion. So when you can start understanding that like, oh, this is just anxiety. Anxiety is here to tell me that there's a threat. What's the threat that my brain is trying to trying to perceive? Because our bodies recognize stress and threats the exact same way that they do in regards to there being a saber-toothed tiger in front of you. So when you can really just like basically reparent that part of you that was never taught this from a, from a younger age when they should have been teaching us this stuff, you can notice that like, oh, wait a second, I don't have to hate myself and turn towards food and exercise in a negative way because 
obviously we have so many women who are wanting to feel good in their bodies, but they're just so consumed with that self-hatred and you can't hate yourself into your whole body. A lot of this has to do with learning how to love yourself again, learning how to take care of yourself. Because it's like, think about your body as she is your home. If your body is like, you think about it as like a trash can, of course, your actions are not going to be very healthy ones versus if you think about, hey, this is my home. And if I want it to look and feel the way that I ultimately desire, I better freaking take care of it. I better make sure that I'm nourishing my body with the correct amount of food, not just how much, but also what types of food. There's no good foods or bad foods, but there's going to be different foods that feel better in your body versus if you're going to feel, you know, all the foods that, because yeah, you're, you can hit your macros with eating a bunch of shit, but it won't feel good in your body. And so knowing how to properly nourish yourself, how to properly move your body, also how to rest your body like sleep and stress are the two things that are so underestimated when it comes to achieving your whole body and so when you can actually address the root issue of what is your downfall when it comes to food oh my gosh it becomes the easiest thing in the entire world like here i am doing a lot of my healing work in the home where my eating disorder first started and as i'm navigating through all of these new and childhood trauma pieces that I never really understood. Not once have I turned to food. Not once have I turned to, you know, beating myself up or um, the things that I did when I was 15. And it just goes to show you that like, okay, you can even be back in like in the cage, in the lion's den itself. And you won't like, this is that like the beauty of the healing journey where it's like, you don't have to push peanut butter out of the house for the rest of your life because you're afraid that you're going to binge on it. It's like, I can have peanut, I literally eat a PB&J every motherfucking day and it's wonderful. And that part like, Taylor, if your 15 year old self could see that you're doing this and you're just like, oh my gosh, every single time that like, I have just like those small little wins where I'm like, wait a second, this is on autopilot for me to do now. It's like, I have this little happy dance happen. Like anytime that literally, and it's, it's actually really, it's a healing um, tool that I teach my girls. It's like, instead of just shoveling the food down because you're so afraid of it, or you're just like trying to get it over with. It's like, when you can learn how to like slow down and see food as something as nourishment and you like taste every bite, it's like, you are that girl where you know, when you see those girls who are just like, so they're like your hashtag goals, they're like having a little, they're like, mm, this tastes so good. It's like, that's what I do every single time. When, Cause I'm just like, wait a second. I know what it feels like to have food be my downfall and not taste every single bite, not see it as something that is both nourishment, fuel, and also pleasure and celebration. Cause that's where it's like, people think that like, no, I can't use food as pleasure or celebration. It's like, uh, hello, these are the holidays. Hello, you're going to have your wedding, like wedding cake and like your birthday cake and things like that. It's like heal your relationship with food, the actual issue, and you'll be able to enjoy the holidays, celebration and things like that while also achieving your best body yet. And that's the, like, the balance factor that everyone is like, but how do I achieve that? I'm like, look at the actual root cause of why you don't have that. And stop thinking about this as, because there's so many women who are like, well, maybe I just need to have more willpower, be more disciplined or more motivation with my restrictive diet. And I'm like, yeah, how well did that work out for you the first time you tried that, honey? Like there's a reason for this. If you want something different, you got to do something different. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's like, stop being insane. You're not insane. Like, figure out what's actually going on and oh my gosh like oh it's magic magic yeah it's it is really goes to show how powerful the brain is and how much healing you can have through working on your mindset and I would love for you to touch on just a couple of the tools that you mentioned so you mentioned like instead of you know when you recognize that there's some anxiety there, but before you knew it was anxiety, you would just cope with that feeling by eating a lot of food or running on the treadmill. So what are some tools that you use now and that you teach your girls to use to work through those feelings so they don't turn to food or three hours of cardio? 
So my favorite one for sure is understanding how to interrupt the pattern. So a pattern interrupt. As soon as you want to think about like your emotions as a check engine light, just like when you see your, um, when you're driving and you see your gas tank go off, or if you're a girl and you, this is what girls do, you see that like submarine little light go off and you're like, oh no, something's wrong. You know what I mean? Like think about your emotions in that way to where it's like, oh, I'm feeling this anxiety. I'm going to pause instead of me being on autopilot and turning towards the food or turning towards the treadmill, what is actually going to bring me that peace so that I can keep going? And that's where you can come in with a bunch of different tools. And something that I teach my girls is using the if then. So if I'm feeling anxious, then I will blink. If I'm feeling sad, then I will blink. And this is different for a bunch of every single one of my girls because a different tool is going to work differently in different scenarios than it will for another one. So something that you can use is the HALT acronym. So am I actually hungry? Am I angry or anxious? Am I lonely or am I tired? And then when you are sitting there and you're like, wait a second, I'm actually not hungry. I'm feeling really anxious right now. Okay. So if I'm feeling anxious, then what's something that I can do to get this energy back in motion? And what's the threat that is going on? And for my overthinkers, and I work with a lot of high achieving women who their minds never stop, I teach them how to get out of their mind and into their body. So when their mind is really attaching this terrible story, because that's usually what happens with emotions, it's like, as soon as that anxiety comes, then we attach the story of like, I call it the chaos cycle, where we start with one thought of oh my gosh, that email just came in from my boss and they want to talk to me tomorrow to all of a sudden we go into, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to end up homeless. I'm going to die alone. Like I'm never going to be happy. Exactly. It's a chaos cycle. And so when you can pause that mind interrupt and you can get into your body, you start thinking about, okay, what is this emotion? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What am I seeing? Like you're being more specific about like, what is this energy in my body? And then you ask yourself, how can I get it to move? And this is where something called somatics that I teach a lot of my girls that I absolutely love comes in handy of like, because sometimes it's just a matter of, do I need to tap it out? Do I need to shake it out? Do I need to dance it out? This is why so many people find lifting and working out as therapy because you're moving all of that energy. However, like we saw in 2020, that gym can be taken away like that. So even though exercise is so healthy for you, you need to have other coping mechanisms because you can't work out every single day. You're going to get sick. You're going to get injured. You need to have something else and you need to be able to pinpoint where in your body am I feeling this? Where did this stem from? And like I said, how can I get it back in motion? The next thing you know, that my favorite thing is when I get my clients who will message me and they'll be like, I was feeling so anxious this morning, but I was able to move through some of those tools. And instead of me turning towards food, instead of me turning towards alcohol, instead of me turning towards a guy to try and help me feel better, I moved through these tools. And the next thing I know, I'm back on my high. I'm, I'm thriving again. And that's where I'm like, you can really condense the amount of time that that first anxiety first, first had a hold because you interrupt that pattern and you break that cycle. And the coolest part is being a cycle breaker. Because if you think about it, we learn all of this shit from our parents and they learn it from their parents and their parents. It's not a matter of like pointing the fingers and being like, fuck you mom and dad for doing this. They didn't have the tools. They didn't have social media. This was all passed down. And when you can bring the awareness to wait a second, I don't have to follow that cycle anymore. I can break this. What I'm seeing right now, and this is like the where I'm just like, gosh, God words works in such wild ways. You not only heal it for you, but you get to heal it obviously for your future generation, but you also get to heal it for your past generation. I'm watching my parents be able to figure this shit out, not only like with food and exercise, but also with their relationships because not to throw my parents under a bus, but there's a reason why I ended up in two toxic relationships with this last one ending in a restraining order. And so when I finally started seeing all these patterns and started understanding this, I was like, wait a second, I'm either going to pass all this down to, and that's been my biggest saving grace is when you can find a why that motivates you so much to the point where a freaking sociopathic narcissist drug addict can't even rock your boat, you will be unstoppable. 
and that's my future children. I think about if I were to pass this down to them, they're going to find themselves in a similar situation as me. And I would never in a million years, as much as I love my story and the journey because it's gotten me to who I am now today, I will take every fucking bullet that I can so that my children don't have to experience an eating disorder, toxic relationships, not to mention all of my autoimmune diseases that I've had because I haven't been listening to my body. All of those things that I was doing for those past like almost 15 years now were catching up to me and my body, those check engine lights were going off and she was like, girl, you're going to kill us. Like, this is not fun anymore. And those were those massive wake up calls where it was like, I was 18 and I was showing the first signs of lupus where if you know that every single bone in your body feels like it's going to break. And that was a huge wake up call. And I remember thinking like, all right, I'm going to end up in a walker. I'm going to end up dead. Like I love exercise. Like I, from the moment I could walk, my parents put me in soccer. Like it's just who I am. And the thought of that being taken away from me, I was like, all right, Taylor, heal this shit. Not to mention when you struggle with anxiety, it attacks your gut. So I've had all the different SIBO, parasites, heavy metals, like all these different things. But throughout this entire journey, something that I've really learned is it's not my, my body's not the problem. My body's actually my best friend. She's on my side. She's trying to protect me, trying to show me that there's something wrong here. Instead of me meeting her with hate, what if I learned how to meet her with compassion? What if I learned how to actually love her? Next thing I know, I was, I don't have one ounce of lupus in my body. My autoimmune diseases, disorders, gone. And when I say this to doctors, they're just like, I don't know what you did. I'm like, God, like, <laughs> there's there's no other point to just being like, I healed the actual root cause. God showed me what I needed to do. And it's a fucking miracle. Yeah. But like, this is the work. This is the beauty of what happens when you stop thinking about this as just, oh, I need another diet or I need another workout. Like, you could do that, but it's going to take you freaking 14 years if you think about that. Like, this is where it's like, you know, working with someone who's been in your shoes before can really condense that amount of time. Because had I not been working with people throughout this entire thing, like, I did not get here alone whatsoever. I would be struggling just like that 15-year-old. Yeah. Oh. I love hearing you talk. I love everything you're saying. It's so wrong. <laughs> I'm speechless. All just all of it, all of it. Um, but just to kind of wrap up here, you know, we have the holidays coming up. You did mention a little bit just now about, you know, the holidays, your birthday, your wedding, right? Being able to enjoy those times. And I love what you said. There's no good foods. There's no bad foods. It's just learning about when to have those and, and enjoy life in moderation. So what is some advice that you can give the girls heading into the holiday season, whether, you know, whatever holiday they're celebrating um, to be able to really enjoy those times, be present with family and friends um, and, you know, feel good in their bodies through this time. Obviously everybody is going to be in a different chapter of their journey, but if you could just give some overall advice to, heading into the holiday season with love and compassion for yourself? Mm. The first thing that I think about is we only have one life and we only have one body. Like, do you want to spend another year hating your body and thinking about, I remember the holidays that I went through where it was like at the end of the night, I couldn't even remember what conversations I had because I was so stuck in my head of, I really want to eat that cookie. I really want to eat, you know, a piece of grandma's pie or whatever it was, but I can't do that. And I was just constantly consumed with food and exercise. And so when you can really start cleaning up some of that negative thoughts around food. So what I would do, and this is something that I take my clients through in my program, is write up all of your thoughts. All of your thoughts that you that are consistently consumed with food, calories, exercise, your negative body image. And then on the other side of that, write the direct opposite of like, you know, I hate my body too. And it's hard to go from I hate my body to I love my body. So something that you can use for those like affirmations that don't feel like I just can't get there is I'm learning to. I'm learning to love my body. I'm in the process of healing my relationship with food. And you really just start to memorize more of those because again, remember that our thoughts are what dictate our actions. And also remembering like, okay, here's here's what I have going on for today. Like I've got you know, uh, Christmas Eve, or I've got Thanksgiving, 
how do I want to feel at the end of the day? Do I want to hate myself? Do I want to judge myself? Do I want to feel like, oh my gosh, I overate and I overdid it again? How do you want to feel? And then you can kind of reverse engineer. Okay, if that's how I want to feel, I probably shouldn't starve myself all day, go to the gym and then overeat during during the Thanksgiving meal. Okay, what if I actually had a nice balanced breakfast? What if I had a light snack? What if I actually, and this is where the education portion comes in as well, because so many women are like, is butter a carb? Like we aren't taught about food, right? So when you can understand like, okay, protein is the most satiating macronutrient. Let me make sure that I'm getting a lot of protein today. I also probably know that I'm not going to have access to a wide variety of fruits and veggies. Let me make sure that I'm getting in some of those. Again, it's like, can you actually treat your body like you freaking love her? If you want your body to look like something that you love, you better start feeling that way now and starting to meet her that way. So like Michaela had said, every journey is going to be kind of different. I've got some women who are still really like my past 15-year-old self. And then I've got some women who have done some of the work, but they're still missing some of those emotional blocks. And so that's when we come up with those if-then statements. So notice your triggers. What are your triggers? Are they the thoughts of, we all have those family members who say those ungodly comments of like, oh, you, I remember when I started putting on weight from being like a little Holocaust victim, (laughs) them saying things like, oh, you look so much healthier now, which then triggered the thoughts of she's calling me fat. Or them being like, oh, you're single again, honey? Don't worry, your man will come. Like understand what your triggers are that then get those emotions, but then spiral into those thoughts. Interrupt the pattern out of your fucking mind and into your body. Like there are times in which, um, and know that it's totally normal too, that you're allowed to put down boundaries. Like that's one thing that's really helpful during the holidays is understanding how to say no, how to stand up for yourself, how to, if you want to go to the gym for a quick little 30 minute session, because it's going to make you feel better, but you have like your mom being like, oh, you're going again. Like you can actually, you can stand up for yourself. You can do the things that you want to do. You don't have to follow and be that people pleaser, which is something that will usually stem a lot of this. Cause it's like, oh, well, she wants me to have, you know, a bite of that and a bite of this and a bite of this and a bite of this. Guess what, honey, you can say no. You can say no, but you can also say yes. Like just because the food is there doesn't mean that you have to eat all of it. Like that's something that I think a lot of women are struggling with because one, they obviously want to please, you know, everyone who made all of these delicious desserts, but they're also in the sense of, I only get this once a year, so I better eat all of it. So it's like, really think about how do I want to feel in my body at the end of this? And what are the steps that I can take in order to do that? Yeah. I love it. The reverse engineering is, that's a great way to think about it. Great, great tool to use. So Absolutely. And holidays are meant to be fun and enjoyable and full of love, not just for other people, but for yourself too, right? It's not supposed to be this sad time. So obviously it's a, it's a long process, it's a journey and wherever you're at in the journey, you know, give yourself grace and love. But I know the holidays can definitely be a challenging time. They have been very challenging for me in my past. And I've just learned to, you know, have enjoy it in moderation, right? I know that there's going to be a lot of different foods. I know I'm going to want a little bit of everything. So, you know, maybe just getting a little, a little scoop of it all so I can have a little bite here. But, and I think too, another thing that, um, if I could give a piece of advice on this as well, it would be to really like take your time when eating. I don't, I know you had kind of mentioned that you have some girls who like eat so fast. They just want to get it over with or get it down. In my experience, I think that you know, those women are those who are like, like hate food and are just forcing themselves to eat it. Whereas in my experience, I've kind of been on the opposite end of like, oh my God, I love food so much. I want to just scarf it all down right now. Right. So I've really learned to take my time when eating because not only do you enjoy it more, but your body, you give your body time to feel if it's full or not. Right. You give it that opportunity to give you the signal of, okay, you can go back for seconds because you're actually still hungry. Or, all right, girl, you ate enough, save some room, dessert will come in, in an hour, you know? So that would be my thing for the holidays. Uh, a big thing that's helped me is really just take my time and um, not feel guilty around it. It's it's the holidays. It's good. But I also, in, in my experience, I also know what you had said about how do I want to feel at the end of the day? I also have been in the position of overeating and then feeling like absolute shit later and then 
feeling like, oh my God, why did I do that? So now I have those experiences to be able to do the reverse engineering you're talking about of like, okay, I've had holidays where I felt great after and I've had holidays where I felt like shit. Which one do I want to do and, and how did I get there that first time? So let me keep doing the thing that makes me feel good. So I just love this. I love this conversation. It's so important. And I love that you talked so much on the mindset. It's obviously, you know, we come from a similar background of like personal development and investing in ourselves with coaches and and we value mindset and personal development. And I've been talking so much on it. And I think that a lot of issues that people in general deal with, not even just this topic, but just anything, it comes back to mindset. It comes back to connecting with yourself and disconnecting from the world. So this has just been an incredible conversation. I thank you so much for sharing all of your insight and your story. And is there any like final final words you'd like to to give before we hop off? Um, what you had just said, it's like the mindset. You have to remember that like your brain is literally a superhuman computer. She's like, this is where Taylor is a 12 year old. You remember that SpongeBob episode where Plankton goes into SpongeBob's head and he puts like those like control mechanisms in his brain. And he's like, that's how your brain is. And so however, it's like, is Plankton running your brain right now? Is he like, think about like, do I want to allow him to keep running the show for me? Or is it like, is it my true self? And that's where a holistic approach can really come in. Because yes, we want to address the body. We also want to address the mind, but your soul, that's your most true part. It's like, is your soul part your most like, um, and this is where it's like, um, my latest Instagram Tay unfiltered. It's like, who's your most unfiltered self, your most like authentic, most true you, the one that was born into this world who give two flying fucks about what people thought about her, who like, you know, we didn't feel failure when we wanted to walk. Yeah. We fell so many times we scraped ourselves, but we saw other people walking. So we knew I could do that too. I just got to keep trying. And that's where it's like, can you tap back into her? Literally heal your inner child. And my goodness, baby girl, like the world is just like yours. So really think about like, who is my most true self? Like when was the last time? And for some people, it's like, we block out so much because that's how trauma impacts us. But really think about when was the last time that I was just like, so me. And for some people, it might be like, that was when I was like five years old. But like, that gives you evidence that like, there's a part of you that's still there that doesn't have to allow freaking plankton to over, like run the overboard of like your superhuman computer. So when you can tap back into your true self, when you can learn how the mind and emotions really impact your body, oh my gosh, it's like, it's freaking game over. This shit becomes so easy. Like I look back at like my journey and I'm just like, Taylor, like you could have like, this is so easy. And that's what, what makes it hard is the stories that we're telling ourselves and the emotions that we don't know how to feel. Mm, So powerful. Great stuff, Taylor. Amazing. I love you. Thank you so much for doing this with me today and go ahead and tell all the girls where they can find you. And if they're interested, I don't know if you're accepting new clients, but just where they can find you and all those good things. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been such a joy. I'm like, I wish that you, I, I wish that um, just technology had the the future where it's like I could reach my hand through my screen and just like give you the big hug, you know? Um, but where you can find me is um, my first Instagram that I created that just ended up turning into an like went from anonymous to all of a sudden a business. Um, it's I am Taylor Ellis. Um, I'm sure that you'll have something in like the show notes that you can go to. Okay, perfect. Um, but I also have a newer account, Tay Unfiltered. That's where I am now a majority of the time. However, if you want to see like all of my journey, if you want to do some Instagram stalking, um, that would be the I am Taylor Ellis. It has just everything. I mean, my highlights are full of from when I was in Denver, California, all of the work that I've done to my clients. I think that I have like 10 highlights on there. But then I have my current Instagram where, again, just there's so much content. There's so much resources on there as well. So that's where you can find me on Instagram. I've got TikTok with I am Taylor Ellis, but it has two R's. So I am Taylor with an R and then Ellis. Um, I have a Facebook group called Life Unfiltered. Where you can find, honestly, all of my links is if you just go to one of my Instagrams and you just click my link tree, you're going to see everything there. You'll see my website where you can reach out to 
um, work with me, which is just IamTaylorEllis.com. Um, right now we are enrolling women into what I call the Healed Hot Girl Academy. So yeah, we're going to make you a really hot freaking girl, but we're going to do so in a way that actually feels good too. I want you to feel good and look good. So that's where you can find me. That's where you can work with me. Thank you, Michaela, for having me. This has been such a fun chat with you. And honestly, it's one of those topics where we could keep going for hours and hours. So if anyone has any questions, obviously, I'm an open book. Michaela is an open book. And like I said in the very beginning of this, it's like every woman, her mother, her grandmother, her future daughter, like you, it's your birthright to feel good in your body. So in whatever way that we can help you, like full send it. Absolutely. Thank you, Taylor, for all that. Everyone, be sure to check her out. And of course, show some love to her pages. Give her a follow. Uh, you know, check out her stuff. She gave you permission to stalk her Instagram. So you can do that <laughs> if you'd like. But thank you. away. <laughs> and of course, thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode. If you found it to be helpful, inspirational, you have a friend that might need to hear it, any woman in your life who could benefit, which I'm sure every woman could benefit from this conversation go ahead and share it with them share it to your stories anything like that you guys know how much I appreciate it when you do that it not only helps me and my business but it helps the podcast reach more people and more women who need to hear the messages which is even more important so thank you guys thank you Taylor and I will see you all on Friday with another episode of a girl's guide too bye